Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Brewroots. I'm Emily. And I'm Matt. And this is the podcast that brings you the stories behind your favorite beer. So what we're listening to today is some listener submitted music. Yeah, this is Lied To by Chovy. How do you spell that, Emily? C-H-O-V-I. And if I wanted to find Chovy, where could I find him? So go on SoundCloud, and it's just soundcloud.com slash Ra. C-H-O-V-I-R-A-H. That's where you can find this song called Lied To, among Rumor some other it. tracks. Rumor has it, though, is today he is dropping a new track. Get out. And I'm hyped on that. I'm so excited. Yes. Okay, I heard about this one. It's called Star Child. You heard about it? Yeah, I saw it on his Instagram. Yeah, and he is going to be dropping an EP uh, pretty soon, probably in the next few weeks. So just keep an eye out on that. Follow him on SoundCloud. Yeah, safe to say we know a little bit about our fan, Chovy. Yeah, well, thanks for submitting your song, Chovy. We're happy to have it on the podcast. Nonetheless, let's get into us, Emily. Yeah, how what are, are we you? talking about? Oh, well, how are you, first of all? All right, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. I'm pumped for the holiday. I'm relaxing. The weather's been good. Can't complain. That's awesome. Yeah. What about you? You know, I feel like the freaking goat himself, Tom Brady. Five rings. You know, he's the best. <laughs> I feel like I'm the best right now. No, I'm just kidding. But I, I feel really we're good. We're both just doing well in life. We're doing well in life. Life's been awesome so far. And uh, we're drinking an awesome beer today. So yeah. I'm very excited. Uh, this is a sought after beer. A lot of people ask for uh, beers from Alchemy up in Vermont. Yeah, the Alchemist. And we are not, uh, we are not drinking Heady Topper. We are drinking focal banger which i've heard amazing things about i've actually heard that people prefer focal banger to heady topper and also this one is pretty cool because they have this little label going around the top that says drink from the can uh so i guess you're supposed to drink this one from the can you are all of their beer they want you to drink from the can yeah i love that because i am somebody who when people ask me for a glass from with my beer i'm always like no and they're like oh like, how can you not want to drink it out of a glass? I'm how like, it's fine. Some of our, like, when we go live, a lot of our listeners are like, why are you yeah. drinking out of a bear? And I'm like, I don't want to do dishes. I Yeah, true. I, I always pour it into a glass, like, if it's, I mean, I feel like I do that with stouts sometimes just to kind of, like, so I can smell yeah. it. And release can, some of it. Yeah, release some of that aroma and everything, but I don't think it's necessarily a requirement. So Drink your beer how you want to drink your beer. Exactly. So let's crack it. I'm excited to try it. So Emily, right. do us the favor. That was a good crack. Yeah. Way better than last week's crack. Great crack. So this one is 7% alcohol, and it is an India Pale Ale. Yep, and it's relatively new, so it's pretty fresh. Mm. Mm. And I let this sit out just for a couple of minutes so it wouldn't be totally cold, so we could really like get all of the flavor. Nice. Really cool. Smells awesome. I definitely, I smell peaches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's got a really like nice lingering aftertaste. Really oh, intense awesome. flavor. As someone who you, you've had Heady Topper before, correct? Yes, you have. So I I like this a lot better than Heady Topper. Heady Topper obviously being a double IPA. Yeah, so. and it's a much stronger, much higher alcohol content. But so, so um, this beer, everybody's heard of Heady Topper. I just don't know if everybody's heard of the Focal Banger. Yep. So this beer is brewed with Citroen Mosaic hops and our favorite British malts, which they don't tell us which. Lovely. It's their favorites. I'm pretty. We can't ex- give all the secrets away. Don't give away the farm. Mm. 
All right, Emily. So, what can our listeners expect so far? Because we've just been witty bantering right now. Witty bantering. So, you can expect on this episode, we're going to talk a little bit about the history of beer and some fun facts. We're going to combine them, and we're going to be talking about the beer that our forefathers drank, and just a little bit of like fun history around beer during the founding of this country. Yeah. To and celebrate the Fourth of July. We're going to break a little bit of the roots rule as well because. Our founding fathers drank like freaking everything, so we're going to talk a little bit about cider and some of the spirits they drank as well. Yeah, because they weren't just exclusively drinking beer. Yeah, and uh, in conjunction with that, like Emily said, we're centering this episode like it's going to be Brewer's Guide to the 4th of July. So we're going to be giving you uh, our top five 4th of July beers to pair with, you know, hot hamburgers, hot dogs, potato salad, whatever whatever it might be yeah and i'm gonna give you guys a recipe for a beer cocktail that you can make that might uh shock some of your party guests i feel like some people have heard of beer cocktails and tried them and been like oh cool and other people are like what you make cocktails with beer that's nasty yeah but it can be really good i i enjoy a beer cocktail yeah for sure you just have to do it right and i'm not talking about a corona rita people come on up your standards. <laughs> we're a little bit better than that. Yeah. All right. So let's get into that, Emily. I'm excited to hear what we're going to be doing because this week, our whole episode is really just f- one big fun fact. So we're not going to be doing our beer fact this week. And this episode is also one big gear history. So we're not going to be doing It's just one big America bomb explosion. Yeah. So enjoy, lay back, and uh, hopefully your 4th of July is kick ass because is helping you out yeah hopefully you guys are getting a jump on your vacation maybe you're driving up to you know up north if you're in new england or uh, jumping on a plane to go somewhere cool or maybe you're chilling at home in your backyard just hanging out or you're cracking gonna, a cold one we're gonna be like me rocking my american short you know my american flag shorts yeah and just going buck wild <laughs> <laughs> buck wild that's what i'm saying now buck wild it's a it's a great term it's all right all right, so let's get to it, Emily. All right. So, Matt, you going to any parties for the 4th of July? I have no clue. It's going to be kind of a last-minute thing. There's a couple, you know, dipping my toe in the water, maybe a couple of things. I'm I don't sure. Commi- you're, you're very popular. I don't I'm sure you've got a lot air. of invites. I don't commit on air because I don't want m- one of the millions of fans out there to find out where either of us are. Right, right, right. Got to keep that uh, under you wraps. You got to keep low profile. But I'm sure that wherever you end up, there's going to be some good barbecue going on. It's probably going to be a lot of food, just like... A huge spread yes. so uh, i figure you're gonna want some recommendations on what beer to drink with your food yes so, so i i can narrow it down any place that i'm going to be going for the fourth of july better have one of the following that we're having so i i love barbecue food right like love pulled mm. pork love ribs anything burnt ends. anything that's smoky mm-hmm. love smoked meats so if you guys are lucky enough to get like some uh some brisket or um something with like bacon in it Anything along those lines, we've got a nice beer pairing recommendation yes. for you. So the way I like to pair a beer with anything barbecue related is I like to get two extremes. Because think of like your, the flavor profile of barbecue. You can get smice, spicy, smoky, sweet, savory, all in you know one bite. So what better to pair it with than an awesome American IPA? Because mm. you kind of get those two extremes. You get like the, the fruitiness, the hoppiness of a IPA mixed with the savoriness the spicy the meaty saucy the smoky smoky yeah i think like what what people generalize when it comes to like pairing beer with food is that you ought to get a beer that has kind of like the same intensity as whatever you're about to eat so 
pairing an American IPA, which has a lot of like punchy and extreme flavor in it, and pairing it with like something really extreme, like a smoked brisket sandwich. Oh, just sounds so good uh, because you really want the two to be sort of like equally matched. All right, so Emily, in a perfect world, I would reach for what we're drinking on today's episode, Focal Banger from Alchemist. Mm, but yep. we're nice not American fortunate. IPA. Yeah, we're not fortunate enough to have that at our. At our you know, a disposal. And I don't think most of our listeners are unless you live in Vermont or can take the drive. So we're going to say Sierra Nevada, Hoppy Wheat, American IPA. Yeah. If that's available uh, near you guys, that's probably a good pairing to put with something smoky. So I know for sure that this year I'm going to be eating hot dogs on 4th of July. I don't know about you. Definitely. But one thing that I would pair with hot dogs is something kind of similar to an american ipa something like a white ipa i know that blue moon makes a really good one um something that's just got like a nice like punchy bitterness and just like a full body that would go well with like the breadiness of that hot dog and uh, i mean if you're eating nice hot dogs hopefully like you know if you've got nice like salty sausage that'll just go so nice with that like grapefruity citrusy kind of flavor that the white ipa brings yeah and that paired with like a german hop kind of you know, gives a little throwback to the influence of a hot dog from, from Germany. Yeah. So if you guys can find the Blue Moon White IPA or its equivalent, that's probably a great thing to have with your hot dog. Yes. And again, oh, we didn't mention this, but the best way to taste your beer and your food together and, and actually pair them. Um, I'm sure this is similar with wine tastings, although this is not a wine podcast, so I don't really know. But I know that when you're pairing food with beer, what you want to do is take a bite of whatever you're eating, take a nice big bite then take a sip of the beer and while you've still got a little bit of beer left in your mouth take another bite of your food so that you can taste the two together and Ooh. apparently like when you're pairing beer and food like i don't know if i've experienced this or not i'd have to be kind of like thinking about it but i guess like having beer and food that go well together kind of brings out new flavors that you never really realized were there before in both the food and the beer oh i believe it so hopefully you guys will try this at home and let me know what you think all right for those uh, hot dog fans out there obviously the, the grill will be up what would you pair with a burger oh what would i pair with a burger hmm so i feel like with a burger you know it's not it's not gonna be like extreme flavors like you've got the bread and like probably you've got some nice meat in there and you've maybe got cheese. like cheese maybe and some lettuce tomato ketchup mustard like th- most of the flavors coming from the beef the ketchup and the mustard so what you'd probably want to pair with this is just something a little bit more like easy drinking like i would probably go with a nice pilsner cool so i was thinking mama's little yellow pills uh, mm. from oscar's blues oh i love that one uh which yep. people commonly think is dale's but it's not yeah it's all it's all good uh i was thinking that just because it's it's uh 4.7 percent very light but you could also probably just drink like a bud light or or like one of those miller high lifes or something like yeah, that. yeah i'm thinking domestic american keep it keep it real yeah keep it real all right so are we on to dessert oh, yes finally finally so everyone knows what fried dough is or funnel cake mm Yes. And we're not going to really explain either because we're just going to go with what we, we reviewed last week. Community Brewing from Dallas, Texas. Their uh, funnel cake ale. Yeah, the funnel cake ale. That is so good. So, I mean, I feel like you could probably find something equivalent. I don't know if it's going to be as amazing as the funnel cake ale, but some kind of like a lighter style beer, like an ale that has 
vanilla notes in it or it just kind of has that dessert theme might go nicely with yeah. the funnel cake you, again like you don't want the intensity of the beer you're drinking with the food to be off balance so i would never pair like a porter with a funnel cake it's just too much also if any one of our listeners are having funnel cake or fried dough at their fourth of july party i'm coming to that because <sighs> i know you don't really i mean fourth of july theme i guess if you went for fireworks some people have like fry later so yeah they, they, might. they just do it. So this one, I think everyone has it there at their cookout. Yeah. Fourth of July party. Emily? That Cool Whip cake. Oh, everybody's like had the, that. The strawberries and the and the berry, like the blueberries. Yeah, and they make like the little stars and stripes. Every I'm sure everybody's had it, and it's honestly it's so good. It's like nice and cool and refreshing and sort of light in flavor. Like it doesn't. It means they're using Cool Whip, so it's not like a heavy sugary frosting. Um, and it's I feel like it's always the last thing that they bring out at the party, so. What I would pair with this is a chocolate stout, and I'll tell you why. Um, I know that we've mentioned like the intensity of what you're eating should match what you're drinking, and this Cool Whip cake is gonna be like really moist, and it's gonna have these like really acidic berries in it. So I feel like a chocolate stout, because it's gonna have that richness, is just gonna go so nicely with the berries. And I think, um, what was it? Southern Tier Brewing makes a chocolate stout that's really, really good. But if you guys can find something along those lines, uh, hopefully with a chocolate component to it, I think that would go super nice with the cake. And I'd actually suggest drinking that stout at room temperature because that's going to bring out mm. more of the flavor from it. I know you're thinking oh, it's going to be stupid hot out and stuff like that. But but your cake will be nice and cold. Yeah, and hopefully by the time you're having dessert, it's going to be a nice, cool summer night. Yeah. Cool. So that was Brewer's Guide to a Successful fourth of july party now if you aren't with your beer pairing and your yeah yeah and if you aren't able to get your hands on any of these beers or the equivalent don't worry emily has a recipe for you oh i do a little beer cocktail you can make so this one is really cool because it's very centered around beer which i appreciate it's not uh liquor heavy and then topped with beer like the main event is beer so this one is called the michelada michelada yes so it is all centered around Mexican beer and Mexican spirits. So you'll want to get yourself uh, some kind of a Mexican lager. So the Modelo Especial is a good one. Um, if you're a local to us in Massachusetts, True North makes one called the Cerveza and that you could try. that's what we will be making it with. Um, but really, it's up to you. Anything um, that's just kind of like a nice Mexican-style lager will serve as a perfect base for this. So what you're going to need is... Like I said, the lager, you're going to need some tequila and you're going to need salt, lime and pepper, pepper and some kind of an herb. So I would recommend thyme or lemon thyme. Uh, But if you can't get your hands on some thyme, you can go with rosemary. Um, You can really do anything you want. I certainly wouldn't do like dill or something that's like especially watery like maybe you could do cilantro but just something a little on the drier side like rosemary i mean yeah rosemary and thyme work pretty well for this um but yeah there are no rules and basically what you need to do is take a nice tall glass and rub your lime on the rim just to get it wet and you're gonna take the rim and you're gonna dip it in a mixture of your herb of choice and some salt Uh, So you're going to salt the rim. It'll have the herbs on it. And it's just going to make for like this nice first taste because the salt is just going to like awaken your taste buds when you taste the cocktail. 
um, and the herbs are really going to make it like super fragrant when you raise the glass to your face. Um, so all you need to do after that is take the lime and just juice about like a quarter of the lime into it. Not a whole lot, like enough to fill the cap of a water bottle, say like, you know, one of those plastic water bottles, like picture that much. Um, so you add your lime and then you do a pinch of salt and a pinch of pepper down in that glass. Okay. That sounds good. You still with me? Then you want to take your tequila and you're going to need about 25 mils of this, which is not very much. It's like just under a half ounce of, um, liquor. So really like this is not a liquor drink. You can call it a cocktail, but it's only because we're just like mixing a lot of cool stuff together. It's, it's not gonna, it's not a margarita by any means. Um, it's a michelada. It's a michelada. So the tequila is really just going to add like a nice punch to this and it's just going to kind of like awaken a lot more flavor. It's got a little bit of smokiness and um, it just pairs really nicely with a Mexican style lager. So once you've got your salt, your pepper, your lime juice and your tequila down in the bottom of this glass, that's when you're going to fill it all the way to the top with ice, add your lager on top, throw a straw in there and you've got your michelada enjoy yeah give it a little mix like get the salt nice and dissolved and i guarantee you guys are gonna love it i mean hopefully you're open to the idea but i feel like mexican lager and tequila can pair nicely together just don't do like a shot in a beer people like elevate it you know class it up yeah i think it's it's sure to be a hit all right so you probably have your michelada made right now and you're just (laughs) you're you're Unless so you're ready. driving to work. You're so ready to hear about the beer that our f- and liquor and cider and whatever our founding fathers enjoyed. Yeah, the beer that made us. The beer that made <laughs> us. The beer that got us through the independence of our country. Yeah. So I feel like we should just talk about some of the founding fathers like one oh, by one. Yes. Yeah. So the the most famous founding father would be None other than George Washington. So our first president, George Washington. So I don't know if anyone knew this. George Washington was a pretty regular drinker. Yeah, uh, kind of an alcoholic. Yeah, oftentimes he'd drink a bottle of Madeira at night. <laughs> uh, and then accompany it with beer, punch, or rum. Uh, so He yeah. hit the sauce pretty damn hard. Yeah, they hit the sauce. But again, to go back to m- every episode we've pretty much done, beer history, it's because the water was crap. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And, um, yeah, there wasn't as much to do back then. So folklore tells us that he one time consumed enough fish house punch, which I have no freaking clue what that is, um, that he was even afraid. So he kept a diary every day, and he didn't even want to mention it for three days. So he basically did what everyone that's, you know, 20-something, 30-something, basically, I never want to drink again. The three-day hangover. Yeah, he never wanted to drink fish house punch again. Yeah, and George Washington was kind of a big spender when it came to his alcohol. So apparently he spent about a thousand times more on beer and liquor and other spirits than the average person. But I think that that kind of makes sense given the fact that he was the president, the first president, and was definitely making a little bit more scratch than the average person in yes. the country. So much that it was about 7% of his a- a- annual salary. <laughs> oh my God. Went. That's so funny. But I'm sure like some of us could maybe admit maybe we spend 7% of our annual salary. I don't really know. I have no clue. But uh, one of George Washington's first acts as commander of the Continental Army was proclaimed that it was everyone's right to receive a quart of beer with his daily rations if they were fighting. Mm, Very Uh, cool. And then as the war progressed, 
uh, obviously the supplies of beer dwindled as more and more people joined the cause. He had to go to con- the Continental Congress and basically not only fight the British, but fight our own Congress and say, you need to support our men with, with alcohol. Yeah. And I mean, think again, it just goes back to what we were saying before. The water was crap. Like it made yep. sense that he had to supply them with beer. It wasn't because he was, I mean, he was a huge party animal, but he wasn't trying to like fuel anybody's addiction or, you know, or get everybody drinking on the job. Or was it because Washington himself was a pretty established brewmaster himself, like in hmm. general? Yeah, he did have a love for the craft. He on- not only did he have a love for it, he maintained a private brewery at his Mount Vernon home. Um, and his handwritten recipe is actually available at the New York Public Library. Oh, that's so cool. Yep. So basically, everything that, that Washington did was based around a tavern, right? So his famous farewell speech to his officers after the surrender of Cornwallis happened at a New York tavern. But everything he did was based around alcohol, it seems like. Yeah. I think it's cool that there was such a big culture on beer back in the day when we were like founding this country because taverns were known as the meeting place yep. like that was where public you would houses. go yeah public houses and i mean that's how this country was born so it's it's deeply ingrained in our history yep so an, another couple founding fathers uh, patrick henry thomas jefferson sam adams james madison uh vigorously promoted the brewing industry in the colonies uh, not only, again, like George Washington, he opened a small brewery at Mount Vernon. And during the Revolutionary War, he made sure everyone was drinking. So, everyone else around him was pretty much like, we're going to drink with you. On board. We're on board. So much so that Thomas Jefferson pretty much wrote the first draft of the Declaration of Independence at Indian Queen Tavern in Philadelphia. Yeah, again, and not surprising because that was the best place that you could conduct business and mm-hmm. get work done. Uh, so much so that he loved the art of drinking that he experimented with brewing techniques following his two terms as president at Monticello. Hmm. So it's kind of crazy. All these places I've been to, because I've been to Mount Vernon, I've been to Monticello, they were like little breweries. Yeah. And uh, very like farmhouse system. And the, the way that beer was back in the day is that they called beers that were homebrewed small beers, right? So they're lower in alcohol. And they're com- then they commercially, you know, prepared one, which they called strong beer. Strong beers. Yeah, it makes sense. Like the cottage industry, right, of beer, yep. people making it in their homes. Uh, so I think our founding fathers would probably be pretty pleased with the role that alcohol is coming today. So uh, as we celebrate, like the Fourth of July, Memorial Day, um, we're doing the right thing by drinking at our barbecues. I think they'd be proud. Yeah. All right, so let's go into the drinking habits of some of our founding fathers. Yeah, I love hearing about this. Okay, so... Because people drank so much back then. Yep, so we went into that. Uh, George Washington already liked rum, punch, beer, and Madeira at night. And brandy and, like, anything else he could get his hands on. Yep. Uh, Wine. Yeah, so to the point he actually had to change his teeth out because they became stained with brandy. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and I think there's, like, this rumor about how, like, George Washington had wooden teeth and... As far as I know, he actually had whittles down, whittled down cow's teeth. If any of our listeners want to correct me on that, please do. Yes. Um, so at one point, uh, allegedly, according to Modern Drunkard, Washington was the biggest whiskey producer, bottling or barreling with a, an astonishing 11,000 gallons in 1799 alone. Wow. Good for you. 
All right, so Sam Adams, Boston, a Boston boy. Yeah, so I guess he was kind of like a naughty um, little mischievous dude when he was at Harvard and was busted for drinking rum <laughs> and received a fine of five shillings. Um, but I guess he didn't receive any academic penalties. So this kind of like started it all. <laughs> like he was no stranger to the ways of the drunkard. So much so that he got a nickname. Sam the Publishing. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of funny. So he wore this like this this nickname as like a badge of honor. Uh, so he pretty much just threw like kick ass parties. So he like totally took on this nickname that people were kind of using to make fun of him and was just like, Yeah, dude, that's me. Yep. So in seventeen sixty eight for the Stamp Act riot, he uh, had forty five toasts and <laughs> uh, celebrate I can like imagine this because like in high school and uh, college, I remember like having this party. And we were like, let's toast to this. And I think we got to 10 and then we were all like, oh, my God. (laughs) But he was at like 40, like at 44, he's like one more and then I'm done. And everyone's like, oh, thank God, I'm sure. That's great. So you might have heard of our second president, John Adams, also a Boston dude. Um, He was really into cider. So apparently when he was in college, he used to drink uh, what they call a gill of cider. But that's only three ounces. So picture like two shots of liquor in cider um but i guess when he got older and into his 40s he would party like this time yeah he partied hard oh yeah yeah when you're 40 you were basically just like done with life so it kind of makes sense because he literally would party like seven days a week for hours and hours and hours with the younger guys in the continental congress and um i guess at one point, he tried to use his diplomatic immunity to bring in 500 bottles of French Bordeaux without paying any taxes on them, uh, which was a fail. And then he asked Thomas Jefferson to do it for him. <laughs> so he was just like a hardo. And take it from the French themselves, there was this French dignitary named Moreau de Saint-Marie, and he was staying with the Adamses, and he basically was just shocked by like how hard they could really party. So this is a quote um, directly from him where he says, dinner was washed down with cider, weak or strong beer, and then white wine. They kept drinking right through dessert toward the end of which any ladies had to leave the table and withdraw by themselves, leaving the men free to drink as much as they please because the bottles then go round continuously, each man pouring for himself Toasts are drunk, cigars are lighted, and diners run to the corners of the room hunting night tables and vases, which will enable them to hold a greater amount of liquor. Yeah, so everyone here in America can feel pretty good that we basically... We went hard. ...laid out the frameworks for democracy in the, you know, the Constitution, everything that we have. And I I think everyone was pretty lit. I think, yeah, everybody seems like they were pretty lit, especially in the Adams's house. And I'm, I'm taking the end of this quote as um, he's explaining that diners run to the corners of the room hunting night tables and vases, which enable them to hold a greater amount of liquor. So what that means is that they were like peeing in the corner to like, you know, relieve themselves so they could like keep drinking. Yes, that's exactly how I took it. So you guys are savages. You're gross. But, but thanks. For thanks. Free. Yeah. Yeah. So. Do you think that uh, our boys, uh, you know, George Washington, Tom Jefferson, and Adams boys, you think that they could uh, survive in today's climate? Um, it depends. 
would they still have the same body composition where they'd only live to 40? Yes. In that case, definitely not. <laughs> Our beer is way too strong. I mean, I will say George Washington might have made it further than all of them with all that brandy drinking. Yeah, that was insane. He was, like, really into the liquor. Yeah, so that kind of concludes our case study on our founding fathers, the beers they drank, the liquors they drank, and kind of what the overall stigma of drinking was. And it seems like, based on other people's opinions of us, like even just reading this quote by this guy, like, we were pretty unique in this country. Um, We went especially hard, and I think America has always been kind of known for that. Um, But I hope that when you guys are celebrating the 4th of July, you just remember where we come from and all yes. of the cool stories that came out of that time and, and it's not just a holiday to get like wicked drunk and you know sloppy like celebrate responsibly and yeah and kind of reflect on where we've come because we're exactly very lucky to live in this country yeah and we have such amazing beer now because of the foundations that were laid by these brewers way back in the day and now we have access to so many different kinds of beer from all over the country and all over the world and hopefully you guys will get to just pair it with your favorite foods and just you know take some time to reflect on how fortunate we are i agree uh i do want to say a psa because i believe that everyone should know this if you have dogs uh, please put your dogs on a leash or make sure they're in a contained area during fireworks because actually the fourth of july is the number one day dogs to go missing or lost oh no because of the fireworks oh my god that's so sad i know and i know my little kaya she's 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 scared of her own shadow so (laughs) she will definitely be like hopefully next to me and all all safe and sound yeah so leash your dogs don't let them near your chocolate stouts or any of your other beer for that matter and celebrate responsibly try out some beer cocktails educate your friends on this fun beer history and we'll catch you guys next week happy fourth of july happy fourth of july Cheers.